The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Well, happy Victory Monday, Cowboys Nation. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. It is October 31st, all Hallows' Eve, but the only thing spooky here in Dallas was that 49-29 victory against the Chicago Bears, hence why we are celebrating yet another Victory Monday ahead of this bye week. I'm joined here by two incredible ladies that you already know, of course, Christy Scales. Thank you for joining us today, Christy, and Aisha Morrison. Hello, Aisha. Um, We have plenty to get into, so let's roll right into it. I mean, hey, it's spooky season. We have plenty to kind of go off of uh, with today. So, Christy, I want to start with you because I want to introduce a little segment here, Christy's Sideline Report, because you give such great insight to everybody, to how the sights and the sounds are so much different from that sideline view. So what is something that you noticed from the sideline yesterday early on? Were the feelings a little bit different from maybe the week before in terms of, you know, Rust and Dak Prescott, everything like that? Give us the full scoop, Chrissy. What did you see from what the sideline? What I sidelines? noticed early on was uh, Cowboys got the ball first on offense, and it was pedal to the metal from the start. It was up-tempo. It was no huddle. Uh, a couple of reasons for that. One is something that Coach McCarthy has talked about the past few weeks, and we talked about it uh, the past two weeks on the podcast, is the number of total plays for the Cowboys offense has been low. It's been in the like mid to high 50s, and normally it's closer to around 70, hopefully 70 plus. So by going up tempo, getting hopefully you can get more plays in there, but really the big thing was that first series, it was converting third downs, because what's been the bugaboo for this uh, offense, Aisha? What have we talked about third. for seven weeks? Third down. Third down, <laughs> the inability to convert on first down, on third down and get a first down and continue drives. That's why the number of plays have been low is because they hadn't been able to sustain drives offensively. So the third play from scrimmage, third and two, Tony Pollard with a run. Uh, uh, Next third down, same series, Michael Gallup. Uh, throws to C.D. Lamb. I mean, in the first half alone, uh, there were passes, uh, but also Dak a couple times keeping it on the ground. So right away, what I noticed was going up-tempo, those third-down conversions, and they didn't stop. They kept the pressure on the uh, Bears' defense for the rest of the game. Yeah, I mean, to add on to Christy's point, I, I the efficiency, like the efficiency of the offense was evident early in this game, and you could tell that they had, like, a clear and concise plan in this game. They saw favorable matchups. They went at them very early and hit the ground running. Like you said, Dak talked about starting fast. I definitely noticed the tempo and the change of, like, pace. And I, I've heard them previously talked about, like, how up-tempo is something that they've thrived at and they practice, you know, adamantly in practice. And you kind of got to see that. And with getting other guys involved, like, the uh, the defense was on its heels so early mm-hmm. in that game. Like, they were like, what is going on right now? And I think all of us were kind of like, huh? Like, it, <laughs> it, it was. what's it, happening? Like, because we hadn't seen this offensive, this offense, like you said, start fast like this. And this trickles back down into last season, I, I want to say, too, is like they mm. had slower starts. And then you would see the adjustments in the second half. So I like that they are, you know, wanted to establish themselves as a more 
um, grounded first half team and uh, and getting out early on these teams and putting them in tough spots. Yeah, and the other thing about going up tempo, mm-hmm. it's not so much that you're hurrying up and in, in terms of trying to get as many plays and get it off in 15 seconds or it's a two-minute drill hurry up. What you're doing is you're not allowing the defense to substitute and mass, match up. Say that. Because if you do not substitute on offense, you don't you don't have to wait – if you substitute on offense, the umpire, one of the seven officials, is going to come and stand over the ball, not allow you to snap it, because if you substitute on offense, by rule, the defense has to be allowed to substitute. So if you're going fast, if you're not substituting, if you're getting up on the line of scrimmage, whether it's no huddle or something you call a muddle, which is kind of a, <laughs> not a full huddle, but just kind of, you know, quick get together and then everybody get on the line, mm. um, then you're not allowing the defense to substitute, and you're also it's it's harder for them to communicate as well. So there's a method to the madness. It's just trying. It's not speeding up for the sake of speeding up. It's trying to put the uh, defense at a disadvantage, and you be able to uh, keep the matchups that are favorable to you on offense. Well, That's and what fun. I think I what really stood out to me early on was we've talked a lot about this on this podcast specifically, and let me let you in on a little secret. <laughs> We were right because we talked a lot about how when Dak came back, you know, maybe shake off some of the rust. But then eventually we were going to see the foundation that this team is going to get to build upon. And I think they're in such a rare position to where, like you said, Aisha, we already know what these other teams across the NFC East, across the NFC are going to look like. They're basically at the point where yes we know you know even even looking at the Packers you know what their strong points are what their weak points are you look at the Buccaneers very similar situation all of these teams that were seen as threats you know what you're playing with the Cowboys are in a very rare position because of Dak being out for that span of several weeks that now you have kind of an upper hand to where Teams don't know what to look for within the Cowboys offense, given it's only because this was the groundwork that was laid. So now this will be the, the tape game, that the film game, that everybody's going to go back and, and look for those weak points. And, and this will be the comparable, I think, for the rest of the season for the Cowboys going forward. So I think laying that ground foundation and that work to see exactly what this offense is capable of that was the most exciting thing. Uh, and given it was against the Bears, which um, we know wasn't uh, supposed to be a team that gave them a struggle really offensively. I, I think we expected the offense to have a great performance. But 49 points, the highest in the league so far this season. Unbelievable and just so well-deserved. I think what a week to start the bye week off, right? Oh, there we go. Thank you, Jazzy. Yeah, and I want I definitely want to add to that point uh, regarding – the unique situation that the Cowboys are in, you know, because you hear it in the NFL all the time, like week seven, week eight, you kind of start being like, okay, this is what this team does well, this is what they don't do well, et cetera, et cetera. And like Jess was saying, the Cowboys are in a, a weird state where they really could be gaining momentum where teams are kind of at this point in the season, like wait, later in the season at perfect at the right time because, you know, they're kind of still getting acclimated and stuff. So after this bye, they can really – hit the ground running with what they're gathering and, and what they're learning about themselves. Yeah, They are, like, this team, to me, looking at just kind of how things are going with them, they're battle-tested in a way that I think is going to help them. They've seen so many different offenses. They've seen so many various, like, schematically, like, different offenses and defenses, coordinators and stuff. And then also dealing with the loss of your quarterback and being able to, 
you know, um, overcome that. I think that's caused them to have to shift in ways that earlier in the season that maybe other teams haven't had to do. And they just know how they found so many different ways to win. And I think that that's going to help them. All this teach tape, all of this stuff, like, I think it's going to help them later in the season. So yeah. I do agree. But the Bears' secondary ain't nothing to sleep on, though. Like, their run defense is something that people, you know, are like, is obviously wasn't the best in the league. But that secondary, like, for the Cowboys to do what they did against that secondary is was impressive to me um, because they don't give up a whole bunch in the past. They're seventh in the league. Well, they were until yesterday. <laughs> My bad. The, the numbers are skewed <laughs> no after, shade. after that. No, I – the – Word that you used, Aisha, that I really like is acclimated. Yes, ma'am. And what I would equate that to specifically through these first eight weeks is getting young guys involved and oh. having to rely, for example, Tyler Smith, the left tackle. You yeah. don't have Tyron Smith there and was like, oh, you know. Yeah. But also, what did the Cowboys do yesterday to help make up for the loss of Noah Brown, who was not available because of a hamstring injury? So you're, you've lost one of your wide receivers. We, we, there were four tight ends that were active, and there were so many plays yesterday oh. that had three tight ends and then some short yardage even with four tight ends. And so Jake Ferguson got another uh, touchdown yesterday. Hendershot had had one last week. And by the way, Jess, you were asking about things from the sideline. Uh, a couple of favorite moments from the sideline yesterday. Well, one was just seeing how excited Zeke was yeah. for Tony Pollard. Mm -hmm. I think there are so many people in Cowboys Nation and certainly in media, national media especially, <laughs> that try and put Zeke and and Tony Pollard is an either or. Mm -hmm. When one two punch, you need a one and a two. Tell but anyway, him, but, but, Tell but, him. but Zeke Zeke was so engaged on the sideline the whole time. He was wearing the headsets. He's listening to all of the play calls. There was no bigger support uh, supportive person on the sideline than Zeke yesterday. Mm -hmm. But my favorite moment was after Ferguson's touchdown, the uh, celebration in the side the uh, in, in the end zone. <laughs> yeah, they looked like they were PRCA rodeo calf ropers there. It, we had some champion tie down going. So if you if you didn't get to see it, what happened was Ferguson scores the touchdown, and then Hendershot, the fellow rookie wide receiver, the two of them by the way dressing up for Halloween as Dumb and Dumber. I know we mentioned that last they're week. That is so. so let's just say that they're very close on and off the field, <laughs> and so. Uh, uh, Hendershot lays on his back, and Fer Ferguson goes over, and Henderson Hendershot has his arms and legs outstretched straight up, and, and Ferguson pretends to calf rope, you know, to tie him down. And so I thought that was a, I thought that was the most fun celebration for the Cowboys so far this year. Oh, most definitely. creative, most creative. There you go, definitely. And so coming up, we're going to go ahead and take our first break because I can tell we are itching to talk all about the offense. And then, of course, we'll talk about the defense as well. But we're going to get more into this offensive performance. We're also talking about a guy that had a record game coming up here after the break. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation, so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. 
Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. <sighs> know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. And happy Halloween, everybody. My favorite day of the year. But we have a few things to get into, including a guy that had a record game. We'll talk about that. But first, let's talk QBBQ Fest. Miller Lite is proud to bring you QBBQ Fest Dallas. Come out to Miller Lighthouse at AT&T Stadium this weekend, November 4th through November 6th, for some of the best barbecue in the country. Get your tickets today at SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing provider of AT&T Stadium. Christy, there was another event going on. Yeah. that you wanted to make sure to mention, yeah, so let's it, talk about that Yeah, as well. it's interesting because I think a lot of fans think that with the bye week that things calm down, but there's never a dull moment at the Star or at never. AT&T Stadium, whether it's the Miller Light Plaza. But, for example, tomorrow at the Star, tomorrow evening, uh, it's called Go Baby Go, so kind of like the Cowboys offense, Go Baby Ooh. Go. But uh, it's Frisco ISD, and then Texas Lottery helps uh, support this with um, grants. But um, special needs kids, a lot of times in school – mobility is an issue, right? So what's a way to help them get around campus? And so it's through the uh, STEM program where you get the kids science, math, and all that and have them help out the uh, special needs students wow. by having the cars. Think of like the little Barbie cars and yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. But not only do they decorate them and make them cool so that the kids look good when they're going around campus, but they adapt them. So for mm. example, uh, some of the uh, students might need a harness or some seat belting to make sure some of them might yeah. not be able to reach down and push a pedal. Yeah. And so you can either have a button or maybe uh, you throttle down with your hands and so uh, tomorrow night at the star um, they're having the parade of cars Aww, right that the students so have designed <laughs> for the um, disabled students who are going to be helped by this yeah. and so um, Texas Lottery Gary Grief is coming up he's the head of Texas Lottery and going to present a $15,000 check Beautiful. and there's just so many wonderful things that are happening even though it's the bye week it's never calm around here Beautiful. but and, but isn't that a great name for the program go baby go go baby go <laughs> and I know personally yesterday I was saying, go Tony, go. Oh, I don't know. Man. I don't know how how y'all are with your SpongeBob references okay. here. Obviously, I'm a pro. Okay, so there's an episode, and ironically enough, Christy, it's a Halloween episode, and SpongeBob is dressed as this character, essentially like the Flash, right? So he's standing there, and then it's just like he's standing there. And he says, "Want to see me do it again?" Like running to this rock because he's so fast. So I was like, how? funny is that that tony pollard reminded me of that spongebob episode and i just thought it was so fitting so i i took over the blog and the boys twitter account yesterday that's the first thing as soon as he had his first touchdown i was like okay i gotta save it i gotta save this meme i know it's ready the second one oh 
it's time. The third one, I was like, man, I'm running out of memes, guys. I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think go, baby, go, go, Pollard, go. Wow. What a day for Tony Pollard, right? I, I mean, uh, Christy is just so kind and, and sent us these post-game notes, and we'll get into some of those. But let's do a rundown of some stats real quick because I know we love – uh, to talk about all of that. So let's go to stats. We'll talk individual players. Total yardage yesterday. The Cowboys had 442 total yards, 242 passing yards, 200 rushing yards. Beautiful. They were averaging 7.8 yards a play. Third down efficiency. They were 9 of 11. I know that is music to all of our ears. Uh, let's see. They had 57 total plays. They had six penalties for 41 yards. And then time of possession. This was interesting to me because usually we're talking time of possession and the Cowboys not taking that over is more of a negative thing. Well, they were being so efficient. Listen to this time of possession. They had the ball for 23 minutes and 56 seconds. The Bears had it for 36 minutes and four seconds. So that tells you how efficient these this Cowboys offense was being overall when they had the ball. Just absolutely beautiful. So, um, again, we, we mentioned Tony Pollard going back to that. Uh, he had, let's see. Um, we're going to rushing. Rushing yards. He had 131 rushing yards for 14 carries. Keep in mind, Tony Pollard's uh, record carries is 18, so he's four off of that, but efficient to say at the very least. 9.4 yards is what he was averaging. Three touchdowns. Good for you, Tony Pollard. Take your flowers. Dak also having himself a day uh, with his touchdown. Keep going down the list. CeeDee Lamb. And then, of course, Jake Ferguson, which we had just talked about. So I'm going to jump to you, Christy, and then we'll go to Aisha. Christy, who do you think came out of the gates to really impress you the most with Sunday's performance? If you had to pick one offensive player. Wow, just one? I'll give you two. I'll, I'll give you two because there's a lot on offense. Well, I mean, Pollard lived up to the billing, and he met that met not only met but exceeded expectations. I think yeah. yesterday, and so I thought I thought that was terrific. Uh, and the other thing is, uh, you know, it was he did some hard inside runs, but you know, mainly off tackle. But you know, he was able to show that he's versatile in that. And then uh, the others. I won't say impressed, but it was glad to. I was glad to see Dalton Schultz more involved. Now, part of that is he's been battling that sprained knee. Um, and by the way, it was Dalton Schultz, not Peyton Hendershot, who was uh, calf roped, who was tied down uh, in the end zone in the celebration by uh, Jake Ferguson. Uh, Jake Ferguson. So, I want to correct myself on that, but. I think it was just great to see him more involved. And the other thing was, I thought going to Michael Gallup early in the game, yes, like the two times and the first, very intentional, yes, and running those slants effectively. You know, you you can't stop that if that is run mm. correctly. You can't stop it. Yeah. So uh, I was glad to see that. So I kind of cheated, Jess. I mentioned three. That's okay. I mentioned three. That's and, okay. But we should also say the offensive line as a whole. I was so, yeah. The yes. offensive line as a whole. So why don't you take the there offensive line, Aisha? I, I don't want to take, take your... all the people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm taking the all offense. the offense. But, but it's, no, it's, 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 it's I, I understand, though. Because like I'm when playing you start, Jeopardy. Yeah. <laughs> when you start looking at it, like, I think this offensive line is, they're really starting to to gel, man. Like you can see that some of the communication is getting better at hand signals. I think that Tyler Biotish is having a really quiet good year, man. Like, yes. and um, I just think that that was on display yesterday. But also too, so I'll say the offensive line as a whole or whatever. Um, since you know, and then I'll also count that as one. Does that count? I'll, I'll yeah. count it as yes. one. Okay, okay, yes. okay, okay. Uh, one is a whole. They're playing as a team. It's a whole. It's a whole unit. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> okay, and then um, Kellen Moore. 
Like, um, yeah. Kellen Moore yeah. in his uh, young career, like, you know, everyone has, you know, their mixed bag feelings about how he operates. But I will say this is definitely one of the better games I have seen him call. It was like I said, he was decisive, intentional with how he used everyone in this offense. And um, I think that what he's doing in the run game specifically, like schematically, is putting people in a lot of spots. And as you were talking about earlier, Christy, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you have tight ends right. that are willing to block. What's going to be really exciting is when those turn into receiving opportunities. Oh, yeah. it's gonna be, yeah. Hendershot's going to be used like Blake Jarman eventually. <laughs> I, re I really thought it was going to be yesterday, just because being down, being short at receiver with, with injury or having yeah. inexperienced guys and mm -hmm. not having Noah Brown. But a couple of the Kellen Moore play calls in particular, that first touchdown of the game early, the seven-yard keeper by Dak. What a great call that yeah. was. Yeah. Just, it was uh, fantastic. Uh, yeah, a clear path in front of him. But also uh, there was that play where – it was laid later in the game. Uh, Malik Davis, the rookie mm. running back who got lots of playing time yeah. yesterday as the second string running back, uh, is ruled. Well, first we thought he scored a touchdown, and then upon official <laughs> review, the ball is marked at the one foot line instead of uh, scoring him scoring his first NFL touchdown. And so everybody, 93,000 people in the building and all of us on the <laughs> sideline that weren't listening on the headsets to Kellen Moore's play call thought that they were going to give the ball to Malik Davis so that he could yeah. still have his touchdown. And instead, it was Dak faking the handoff, rolling out, and throwing to Ferguson. And mm -hmm. that was a great play call, too. Yeah, well, and you, neither of you mentioned, I'm, I'm going my first player is yeah. Dak Prescott. Because <laughs> we were trying not to we were trying look, not to be too cliche. cliche. Look, I, I'll be cliche all day when it comes to Dak Prescott and this game specifically because, first of all, we don't have to hear the words Rust and Dak Prescott in the same mix ever again. I, I don't want to hear his name with the word Rust mixed into that uh, really – Ever, ever again, because I think that first drive showed you there was no more rust. And and that was something we had talked about last week was I think that second half of the Lions game, there was no more rust. But this first drive, he comes out absolutely phenomenal first drive by Dak Prescott, a phenomenal game by Dak Prescott overall. I In, in my opinion, of course, he had the interception. However, a phenomenal game by Dak Prescott. And I think something that I really noticed about Dak during this game specifically was his composure. I don't think we have seen a composed Dak Prescott like this in a hot minute. Because you even go back to the Bucks game, I, I feel like there was just a little bit of scrambling in his own mind. Uh, uh, just a little bit of confusion with the communication. Dak looked phenomenal. And, and his composure and his... his um, What's the word I'm looking for? His calm. He was calm. He was cool. He was collected. Absolutely phenomenal by Dak. So he's my first player. It's a little cliche. No, no, I think you're right on the mark. But he deserves it. It's a great it. pick. And uh, I'm, I'm going to go my second. Let's see. My second guy is, uh, and by the way, Dak Prescott. Sorry. Sorry, Jerry. I know Jerry's going to watch this and, and tell me that that was not great. But uh, Dak Prescott now has 45 career multi-touchdown passing games, which moves him past Danny White, 44, for the third most touchdown games by a Cowboys quarterback. Wow. So... A historic game overall for, for Dak Prescott. So I guess if I'm sticking with cliches here, I'm going to have to say Tony Pollard. Um, I, I mean, you, you go back and you look at Tony Pollard's stats. They're already impressive. But I think what what was the biggest storyline for me all week was everybody kept doubting Tony Pollard once again. Can he handle the load? Zeke isn't going to be able to play more than likely. And, yeah, Zeke sat this one out the second game in his career that he has sat out, which is 
incredible to, to think about how much grit that man has. But Tony Pollard, let's see, 131 yards. That's incredible. And I think with um, Tony coming in, having both shoes to fill of that one-two punch, and of course you had uh, Malik Davis that also came in and helped alleviate that, but he has not only proved how much of a weapon he is within that one-two punch, but he's also, he sat there and he proved everybody else wrong, national media. He proved fans wrong that were questioning him because really you look around and this is the same exact situation you had, you know, maybe it's not the same thing, but comparable to when Cooper Rush was stepping in. Everybody else was saying, is he capable? Is he capable? Everyone in that locker room said, yeah, he's capable. He can handle the load. And it's very similar with Tony Pollard this week. Everybody said, Tony can handle it. Tony, Tony can handle this load, and we saw that. And I think it is absolutely solidifying that, yes, Tony Pollard is a key staple of this offense, but I'm so glad you touched base on this earlier. That one-two punch is stronger. Zeke and Tony Pollard are the yin and yang. Uh, they're the sun and the moon, whatever. All of these things that go together that make the other one better, they are better together, but it is also just so alleviating to know that Tony Pollard can handle this kind of workload. Yeah, and I think that's... When you start talking about, like, you know, you mentioned earlier, Christy, that, like, you know, people are kind of trying to make this a competition. Yo, hey, December's coming. And that's, like, th this one-two punch that you have, that's when you're, you're going to need it. When it starts getting cold and it starts, like, these guys don't want to tackle, don't want to wrap up, I think that both of these guys together, the change of pace that you get with Tony. Um, also, too, I was listening to Jake Saturday talk about, you know, just kind of how, uh, well, Jeff Saturday, rather, talk about um, how offensive linemen also like when a guy gives a different change of pace, oh, a different yeah. feel. It gives them an opportunity also to, um, you know, just to get a different feel and, like, open up space because sometimes they know this guy likes to hit the hole quick here, which we see with Tony. This guy's a little bit more patient. So I think it also... Um, what these two guys do for this offensive line is just makes them a little bit more versatile in that regard as well, what they can do. I don't know. I, I don't ever want it to be a competition. I do. I feel like what Tony Pollard did yesterday, I was extremely proud of him for himself just because I feel like even if you look back to his college days when he was with Memphis, that was a heavy it was a deep um running back room he was like third on their depth chart when he was at Memphis so he, yeah, had, to... he, he had more receptions and receiving yards than he had rushes exactly. and rushing yards and I think the most rushing yards he ever had in college mm -hmm. was like seven I'm sorry the most rushing attempts he ever had in college was like 17 yeah. in a game that's not a lot in college exactly and he was a returner sometimes and stuff like that so this is one of to me this was probably his his biggest opportunity to show what he is capable of as a full-time runner. And I, this is also, I think this is also the fourth game this, this season where he had 10 plus more carries. And, um, and I'm, I just, they, so I say all that to say that they are gradually putting him more mm -hmm. into this offense. And I think that with this game, you're going to see them continue to do that because they also use him as a receiver in some instances. And he just he does so much that you got to figure out a way. Well, and you want to talk about another another guy that had a historic game. You're going down these post-game notes, and the way it's structured is you have different names and, you know, a couple bullet points for what those guys did. And Christy's amazing and sends this to us, and, and I love reading it. But um, Tony Pollard 
has, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven bullet points under his name for things that he accomplished yesterday. One of which it says Pollard scored three rushing touchdowns, becoming the 11th player to score three touchdowns on the ground in a game in Cowboys history. The first time since Dak Prescott rushed for three scores in Atlanta in 2020. That was back in September of 2020. So Tony Pollard, I, I absolutely think, deserves his flowers. And, you know, we'll say pumpkins today to get in the Halloween spirit. <laughs> We're going to give out pumpkins instead what? of flowers yeah, today. I, why, why are you keeping that pumpkin down the... Down oh, there's candy. She, she, yes. Oh, there's oh, not candy in there anymore. That's why. Oh, that's oh. why. There's not candy. Because she had Sorry, it down yeah. there the whole time. She, she did. No, because Jazzy literally ate the last <laughs> Snickers in my face. Y'all, no, don't try to be nice to me now. <laughs> now, sorry, that's sorry, really sorry. spooky because Jazz is on the other side of the wall, technically directing and producing from that side. So how she was able to come through that wall and yeah. access the candy, she, that's very spooky. It's the cape she has on. That's yeah, it. she's wearing I'll, a cape. Yeah. But all right, guys. Well, it looks like we are wrapping up talking about offense. We still have plenty to talk about with defense including a you know a lion some tigers some bears oh my do the math let's uh let's regroup we'll talk about that coming up after the break this is girls talk boys talk presented by jigsaw the preferred dating partner of the dallas cowboys at jigsaw dating we obviously want the cowboys to bring that sixth ring home but to be honest we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger that's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. <sighs> know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. It's Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups. So you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We're talking a little bit of a spooky and a very fearful force on the Dallas Cowboys defense. But first, let's talk about how you can get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. Join Dallas Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life, starting at just $20. Join now and get your fan pack, exclusive benefits, and more. Visit DallasCowboys.com United for details to join today. You know, we were talking during the break, and I ended by saying lions and tigers and bears, oh my, but really it should be a lion, some tigers, some bears, oh my. <laughs> I mean, really, if you want to say it in a certain way, who else are we talking about other than Micah Parsons, who had his first touchdown 
as a Dallas Cowboy. And and I, Christy, I've been dying to ask you, what was the environment like after that moment? Oh, it, it was crazy. It was crazy. And and actually, it. so when Parsons recovered the ball and got up and Justin Fields, the Bears quarterback, hurtled over him, um, it was, you know, the field is 53 yards wide. So I'm, you know, about 55 yards away, straight across. But I thought surely he was touched down, but he wasn't. And so great presence of mind to get up. And he said, yeah, they were telling me, go, go, go. But uh, it just shows his athleticism. And he was a running back and uh, he had hadn't carried the ball since he was uh, a high school running back. Mm -hmm. But can you imagine trying to tackle him in high school in Pennsylvania? There's no way. That would be impossible. But that was the moment where – Everyone knew it was over after that, basically. So the the party was – I won't say the party was on on the sideline because it's never that way on the sideline with professional football players because there's always the next play. But in the stands, that's when it really went nuts. And that's what finally shut up the Bears fans because there was a good contingency <laughs> of, of Bears fans. Yeah. So all of the orange, if you saw any of the crowd shots, the orange was not for Halloween. The orange was – uh, the Bears fans traveling well as they always do. Well, I'm sure after that moment, they were trying to make it seem like it was for Halloween. They're like, oh, exactly. happy Halloween, everybody. But there, there was that point, you know, late in the second <laughs> quarter when they made that comeback, right? And they scored, what, the 10 unanswered, nine unanswered points yeah. there late and after the Dak interception there uh, where there was a chant of, let's go Bears, let's go Bears. And then the Cowboys fans booed them down, you know, shouted them down. But... Um, but the Micah play is really what took the Bears fans out of the game. and and uh, But that was a fun celebration on the sideline. Definitely. And so um, I, I did want to ask both of you, and Aisha, I'll start with you on this one. So obviously Micah having himself a game with his first fumble recovery and touchdown as a Dallas Cowboys legend already. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that word. It's true. He's, he's a phenomenal. But who else stood out to you? Because I know you have a running list here. So I, I will give you I'll give you two players again. I think that's fair. Oh. I think that's fair. We gave two for the offense. We'll give two for the defense as well. So two players okay. that stood out to you and why. Okay, 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 okay. So <laughs> Barnacles. Okay, so I'm gonna hey, so I'm gonna give uh, all due respect and uh, props to Damone Clark. Um, for his return back to football and his first snaps as, like, an NFL player. Um, Kudos to you, man. Um, I also felt like from the few things that I saw from him, you can see his instinctiveness. He sheds. He sheds. He tackles well. And he also is just super fast, like super duper fast. So um, I'm going to say, well, he stood out to me, too, because I was like, what is he out there for? Because the Anthony Barr – hamstring situation happened so quickly well they didn't mention on on tv which is why you need to listen to cowboys radio all there those fans oh, out there yeah, need to listen to cowboys yeah. radio Put the so plug you know what's in, going Christine. on okay yeah. plug yours plug your yeah there you go <laughs> yeah but uh yeah like i was so shocked like because i just seen anthony barr out there and then you see that 33 out there and he's out there for 40 percent of the snaps like of course you're gonna notice him so i think it was uh interesting to just kind of give us a glimpse at some of what he is capable of and also maybe some of the vision that Dan Quinn has for him because he he rushed the passer once in this game um, from the linebacker spot and he, he got some pressure. He almost got there. And I just I think it was I think it was just cool to kind of see 
what his uh, how he's developing as a player and just to see him come back from injury. Yeah. Um, it's a big it's a big I think it's a huge accomplishment for him, uh, given what we heard about the injury initially yeah. and this training staff and this team right it, now. So. And just to be back, I mean, spinal fusion surgery That's crazy. in March. That's what I'm March saying. and he's playing on exactly. October 30th. Exactly. And, and, and we talked to Mike McCarthy about that. I asked him about it in the press conference earlier this Monday afternoon and said, what did you think? I mean, this kid got thrown into the deep end of the pool because believe me, he was only supposed to play special teams. The plan was not for him mm -hmm. to get 40 snaps mm -hmm. yeah. on defense, which is what happened. He got 51% of the snaps on defense. Uh, according to my notes, the Anthony Barr hamstring injury happened with uh, two minutes and 20 seconds left in the first half. So, yeah. uh, so Clark got a lot. But um, McCarthy said, you know, a lot good, you know, some things to improve on. It's a rookie playing his first uh, NFL game and thrown into the fire. And so, um, but it's teaching. It's teaching tape, right? Yeah, you mentioned true. that earlier. But what I loved about it, and I'm so glad you mentioned him off the top, Aisha, is because you could see that athleticism mm -hmm. and you can you can see what what it can be. Yeah, that's why future, I'm trying to calm you know? down. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to calm yeah. down. But yeah. <laughs> he's he's uh, he seems like he's going to be an exciting addition to this defense, and they may need it right now. I put that. I wrote down. Get off me. Because his, the way that he, get off me, but the way that he, his ability, it's one of the biggest things you look for in a linebacker. Yeah. And one thing that he does, even though he's still young, he's still figuring things out, one thing that he does well already is gets people hands off of them and he goes to at least make the, you know, to go make the play. And that's one of the harder things for linebackers. So I'm, um, I was impressed from what I saw from him. My second guy, I feel like I don't mention him enough and that's on me just because he's so quiet sometimes, but Trayvon Diggs. I think that Trayvon Diggs is having a fantastic season, and I uh, and I also felt like he came up and tackled well in certain spots mm. yesterday and adjusted to some of the things that they were doing to him early. So Trayvon. All right, all right. Guy. So that's who you're handing your pumpkins to today. Yes, I guess. Or your Halloween candy. I mean, either one, whichever one. Christy, who are your two for today? Uh, I'm going in, staying in the secondary, like Aisha. Uh, she's got Trayvon Diggs. I'm going with Donovan Wilson. Oh, uh, and good one. we were we were short on on safeties at one point yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Donovan Wilson ended up having to go in the second half into the locker room. He cramped up, and so he went in and got an IV. So he missed a couple of defensive series, and that's the time when J. Ron Kirst took that helmet to the his left hip and he missed a, a few plays. And of course Malik Hooker was inactive. He was injured with the ham, uh, hamstring, unable to practice last week. So we didn't have Hooker for the game. Then we lost um, then we lost Kirst for a couple plays. We lost Donovan Wilson. So, I'm sorry um, yeah, Donovan Wilson for a bit. So we had Israel Mukwamu and then the rookie Mar Marquise Bell. So but luckily, Wilson came back. Curse only missed a few. But uh, Mukwamu has been getting some more time, and not just because of the hooker injury, but the previous couple weeks going against really run-heavy teams, uh, Dan Quinn has been going to a, a sub-package where you have four safeties, and that way you're able to use Mukwamu and J. Ron Curse safeties with really good size, use them up in the box, the, the meaning closer to the line of scrimmage, mm -hmm. so that they can be more effective in run support. So having bigger guys instead of smaller nickel cornerbacks. So that's a, a good way to match up against solid run teams. Chicago, I man, their run game was very impressive. I'd, 
I had never seen Justin Fields play live before because uh, I don't really? get to see a lot, of, not live, uh, huh. only on TV, um, but I don't get to watch a lot of college football because we're traveling on Saturdays sure. with the team to go to the away games. But boy, was he impressive. He was much more impressive than I had seen uh, in previous Bears games on TV and a lot bigger than you think. Man, is he a fluid runner. Yeah. Yes. But at 240 rushing yards allowed by the Cowboys defense is, yeah. is not acceptable and they know that yeah. but the, and they did a good job the Bears offense I'm talking about with their run game but they also did a good job on third down you talked about the time of possession and how uh, the Bears dominated that so kudos to them but yeah. what that is it goes back to the teaching tape and some things that Dan Quinn will have to uh, harp on uh, with the run defense oh and yeah. by the way we should mention Jonathan Hankins who was acquired in the trade mm-hmm. last week the mm-hmm. 340 pound human uh speed bump that is that plays defensive tackle that's supposed to slow down the run game he ended up having 33 plays on offense now that's more than they anticipated they were looking for more like 25 to 30 plays but i he was part of the uh rotation at defensive tackle and that high number of plays is based on what i just said chicago able to sustain drives and having 79 plays on offense sure so we are running low in time so i'm going to give you my two but i want you guys to stew which is stew Ooh, i I love that thank you I want you to stew on this question. Uh, what is the scariest aspect of the Cowboys going forward for opposing teams? Brew on that for a second, which is brew on that. Um, and I'm going to tell you my two. My two, uh, Leighton Vanderesh. Because I just feel like Leighton is really stepping up these last couple of weeks. He actually had his first forced fumble um, in the third quarter with Micah, who, of course, took it back home since 2020. So Leighton playing a little. Really? That's yeah, hard to believe. Leighton wow. playing a little a little vintage-like. So I just want to give a, give a pumpkin to Leighton there. And then my next one, Tank. Y'all, how did we forget Tank? Uh-huh. What a force to be reckoned with. Literally, a, a human Tank. Oh, my goodness. The amount of pressure Justin Fields was having being put on him by Tank. I don't want to be any quarterback that faces that <laughs> Dallas defense. Let me just say. but <laughs> That, you that know. tackle on the uh, oh. two-point conversion where he just yeah. absolutely nailed that. Ju- Nailed just which is his. I feel like his soul just kind of left for a second. It was that was impactful. But those are my two. So all right, Christy, what is the scariest aspect of this Cowboys team overall? You know, to stew on for this bye week, and then you know when they when they return play. What what do you think that is? If I'm an opposing defense, the scary thing is that the offense truly isn't hitting on all cylinders yet. Say that. And then uh, for the defense, it's just how do you protect against this onslaught of the Cowboys pass rush remember yesterday they didn't have Sam Williams either you Mm. know and so um that man there are just so many people to block uh one thing that'll be interesting is if Anthony Barr if that hamstring injury lingers and he's not able to play in Green Bay or uh, beyond that go back to Minnesota where he was a pro bowler for so many years would Michael Parsons have to play maybe a little more linebacker Mm. instead of rushing off the edge but that's something we'll worry about in a future uh podcast but just (laughs) just the the onslaught of pass rushers all right Aisha what about you uh for me it's similar to Christy but just that the fact that this team has not put it all together yet like Mm -hmm. we're waiting for the offense to play efficiently the defense to play efficiently the full game and special teams to come on with it and they all have like their different spurts of greatness right now and obviously we're saying they're progressing they're still trying to gel but yo when they put it all together 
it should be a problem. Yep. <laughs> and the best part is they won by 20 points, scored 49, and we're like, they hadn't put it all together and yet. Still, <laughs> that's, and that's, well, that's what's scary about them for opposing teams. Yeah. I think my biggest thing, and uh, I'm, I'm going to end it on a little positive note here for all of us, is I would be scared if I was an opposing team of the Dallas Cowboys for the second half of really their season. We're, we're almost halfway through, everybody. We are halfway through. That's crazy. But when you have a healthy offense pro- producing like they did yesterday and they didn't even have key guys and Zeke wasn't in, no Brown wasn't in, y'all, <laughs> that's spooky. <laughs> that is as spooky as it gets. I don't care about Freddy Cougar, Michael Myers. Like, that is as scary as it gets. So a healthy Dallas Cowboys team coming back after the bye, I think, will be a force to be reckoned with. And uh, unfortunately, we have come to the end of our 45 minutes. Ladies, it is so fun joining, uh, having you every Monday with us here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. For Christy Scales, Aisha Morrison, I'm Jess Navarez. Have a happy Halloween. Please be safe. And... Um, yeah, you know, have fun trick or treating. No matter what age you are, <laughs> if you're if you're Chris Beam, you're you're gonna go trick or treating with the with the kiddos. But have a great rest of your day, Cowboys Nation. We will be back here tomorrow. See you then. Bye. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!